The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the masculine journey. We are just thrilled really thrilled that you joined us today we're on a really exciting adventure we've been for a while on these pillars of the masculine journey and yeah. we've we've been to love we've been to joy talking about that if you know you had one part of your pillar that wasn't happening you're kind of leaning we've got a whole pillar series going on that's right and we've done uh, what are some of the other pillars we've done there jim you named all the ones <laughs> i remember <laughs> So today, I'm sure that in, in current culture, everybody realizes one of the pillars of the masculine journey is his cell phone, right? That's right. That's a, that's a Bible. It's not a cell phone. Okay. No, I was it not, has everything. I was not telling the truth there. Actually, today, our pillar is one that a lot of guys struggle with. I, I certainly that had huge. no clue what it was 15 years ago. Or how it would have fit into Christianity, but the yeah. pillar today is what, Dennis? Community. Community. Right, which we know is the Basque Journey guys is our band of brothers. Yeah. But biblically speaking, community is right, the body well, of believers. The body the of Christ. Yeah. Right. Which is not a building. It is the community. Right, right. And one of the the great lies that Satan would like to thrust especially on guys is you know i don't i don't need anybody and so you know we kind of go back to a particular movie scene that a lot of us can relate to right jim <laughs> when they when they said we were going to start with a jerk i said i've never started the show before oh, we What's could put all that? we could put all our names by that one <laughs> so poor uh Steve Martin, he, he he was getting attacked with this. I don't need. Go ahead. Let's, let's hear it. Well, I'm going to go then. <laughs> and I don't need any of this. I don't need this stuff. And I don't need you. I don't need anything. Except this. And I tell you, that's the only thing I need is this. I don't need this or this. This, this ashtray. This paddle game. The ashtray and the paddle game, that's all I need. And this remote control. The ashtray and the paddle game and the remote control, and that's all I need. <laughs> these matches. The ashtray and these matches and the remote control and the paddle ball. This lamp.
and, you know, Jim, it's it's, it's really <laughs> phenomenally sad, but who can't relate to that some point in your life, that betrayal that left you exactly at that place where Satan was feeding you that, and, and you bought it hook, line, and sinker? Yeah, and we always have a deed for others, and there are things, I mean, how can you live without a lamp? There's no light. <laughs> that, the matches. That, the matches, too. That's well, the matches work with the ashtray. The Patapaw game but, is, you know. Yeah. Well, it reminded me of me in 1993, you know, when I stepped away from a marriage and was like, okay, I can make it on my own here. I can do everything on my own. All I need is this Patapaw <laughs> and the stereo and the TV, <laughs> and that's all I need. You know, heading off to uh, years of isolation, which uh, – is just where the evil one wants you to go. It's exactly where he wants you to go. Yeah, and, and even our culture as we were young boys, they had this TV show called The Lone Ranger, and it sounded like, <laughs> you know, I, I've got to take off and I've got to be the Lone Ranger. I've got to be the one that does it all. I think we and, heard that somewhere before. Uh, yeah, Kimasabi, right? <laughs> Kimasabi? It does sound familiar. It does sound familiar, but... Here's, here's a little scene from this that I think has a little enlightenment for you as we listen to the original, very first episode ever on TV of The Lone Ranger. The pilot. The Lone Ranger. A fiery horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver. The Lone Ranger. This is a story of one of the most mysterious characters to appear in the early days of the West. He was a fabulous individual, a man whose presence brought fear to the lawless and hope to those who wanted to make this frontier land their home. He was known as the Lone Ranger. Only you, Tano, know I'm alive. To the world, I'll be buried here, beside my brother and my friends forever. You all alone now, last man. You are Lone Ranger. Yes, Tano. I am a Lone Ranger. Kimosabe, me help you fight outlaw. But Tano, don't you have a family? Anyone? No. Me lone like you. Me want law here too, for all. All right, Tano. You'll be a lot of help. We'll ride together. Me glad, Kimosabe. Me fight good for you. Hey, cover tunnel. Yes, even the Lone Ranger <laughs> had Kimasabi, <laughs> which what? speaks to really that best friend that that a lot of us had when we were growing up. You know, Kimasabi, and and I'm sure you felt that way when you were young. I one of the only tragedies I consider in my life was my best friend was Steve. Now he was such a great guy that. A lot of people thought of him as best friends, but he was killed in an automobile accident. And that had a profound impact on losing my my friend. My, right. I mean, right. it, we had a group of friends, but he was our so leader. As, as we're thinking about this, turning back to Christianity and saying, okay, where in the Bible do you get this sense the Band of Brothers. Where in the Bible do you get this sense of Kimasabi? Where do you see a picture of this, Jim, that you would 
point out that you could relate well, to? The first one we both thought of was Jonathan with his armor bearer, which is a lot like the Lone Ranger. And <laughs> and yeah, tell the story, Jim, because this is Darren's favorite story. Too. It, uh, and I just found that out today. But it, basically, uh, they are wanting to attack the Philistines. Jonathan wants to go after the Philistines, and it is just the two of them. And they, he basically says to his armor bearer, you know, I want to go after these guys. And the armor bearer says, you know, do what's in your heart, and I'm with you. And I can't imagine a better feeling either way than having that kind of connection with somebody and knowing that, you know, they're going to against hundreds. Now, it works out for them because they pray about it and yeah, get an answer Jonathan from God. God and it's, it's a wonderful story. It's in First Samuel 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you, Dennis? Well, the the one that jumps out to me is it should it is obvious to me is Jesus and his disciples. I mean, Jesus could have been the Lone Ranger. I mean, he could have gone out and said, "I can do this." <laughs> Here's the Son of God. He didn't need anyone to help him handle all this, but he chose to have twelve guys with him. He chose to have a band of brothers that went with him everywhere that he went. He chose not to do it alone, and that's. Uh, I don't think we should lose the significance of that. Jesus was not a loner. No, and, and if you think about your life, just review your life a second. And your favorite moments in your life usually are shared experiences. And I understand that for those of us who are married, you, you shared a certain experiences with your wives or whatever. But the, how about a shared moment in Christianity? Like you felt like you had that feeling like you shared some battle or some sense of a band of brothers. One of my biggest ones was at the beginning of this ministry with Darren and Sam and getting together. I mean, we met, and it was a God thing. And Well, I met Darren in Colorado, but met him on the last day of the boot camp there, came home, and we immediately started getting together. And, you know, this radio show is fruit from that first get-together. And those boot camps, and how about for you, Dennis, it's really big. Well, I think it's, you know, I could certainly say boot camp and the Band of Brothers, too. But uh, as I've talked about before, I think it, for me it was when I went into the Winston-Salem Rescue Mission because here we were, you know, a, a group of guys who were kind of forced into community by our own situations, uh, guys, some who had been chronically homeless, others who'd fallen on their luck, others who had addiction problems, and we banded together as a fellowship of believers, and as I said in our pre-show, we had each other's backs, and a lot of times today we still do, even though some of us have come back out because we were preparing for battle as brothers when we came back out and we went back into the world, so I uh, never experienced anything like that in my life in terms of uh, just guys that I wouldn't have necessarily considered, and they probably wouldn't have considered me either as being, well, this is a guy that's going to be my, one of my closest friends and one of my closest brothers. Uh, an amazing experience. <clears throat> and to get inside that a minute, can you just put yourself in Dennis's predicament for a second? You go into the Winston-Salem Rescue Mission, and, and you find yourself in a room that you're not sure about things like bed bugs and the smells and the... And this was not and an roommates. idea. And roommates <laughs> that you're like, well, and we're alone. You know, it could have been very. It felt very lonely, but it felt very lonely for a very short period of time. 
because God had other things in mind. And what he had in mind was me coming together with other guys that I would never had expected that I would come so close to. Right, and, and God said it right there in Genesis. It's not good that man be alone. And so Lone Ranger had Kemosabe. As we go to this break, think about your Kemosabe's. But hey, we got a, <laughs> we got a boot camp coming up where we get together as a band of brothers, really celebrate this. It is coming up November 9th through the 12th. Go get registered now. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to PO Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. I am William Wallace. You've come to fight as three men. And three men you are. What will you do without freedom? Find out from Jesus what you will do with that freedom. A four-day adventure with God. It's a Masculine Journey Radio Boot Camp. Boot Camp is designed to give men permission to be what God designed them to be. Passionate warriors for the kingdom. Coming this November, the 9th through the 12th, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org to register while you're thinking about it. Sets the soul free in humility to take the vow. The day after day we must take up the basin, and day after day we must take up the basin and the towel. We are <laughs> taking up the basin and towel, talking about the pillar of community today on the masculine journey. And mm. and Jim, you that song speaks to your your heart quite a bit it does uh michael card to me is maybe the greatest theologian that's written contemporary christian music and he always has songs that challenge me and this one really hit me today it's in my playlist i hear it all the time but coming to hear here and knowing that was our topic i realized you know, to be part of community, we're serving one another. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. And it uses Jesus washing the disciples' feet in the song to, and in the, from that scripture to illustrate that you love by be, you, humbling yourself and by serving others. And this idea of community I, I totally misunderstood it for a long time, even after I became a, one of the Band of Brothers, in that com- they would say, well, community's messy, community's messy. <laughs> and I, I really didn't understand that, wow, yeah, it is really messy. And, and Dennis, you've got a clip <laughs> <laughs> that where this young man is, it's messy, and, and you lived that. Yeah, and this is from a, a movie called Freedom Writer. I think we may have used this clip before, but just to set it up, this young man is, these folks are sharing some things that they've written. They're a group of students that have been brought together in this class, uh, and they come from a lot of different backgrounds. Some of them came from the streets, uh, just like I was talking about with the rescue mission. And this young man has kind of flowed under the radar 
of this class. He's He's been back in the back and hasn't really said a lot, and they even refer to that when he starts speaking. But what he shares about what community has done for him and community being this class is very touching indeed. Let's hear it. Ms. G, can I read something from my diary? That'd be great. Who is he? Man, he's been with us since freshman year, fool. What's his name? I don't know. <laughs> the summer was the worst summer in my short 14 years of life. It all started with a phone call. My mother was crying and begging, asking for more time. I said she were gasping for her last breath of air. She held me as tight as she could and cried. Her tears hit my shirt like bullets and told me we were being evicted. She kept apologizing to me. I thought I have no home. I should have asked for something less expensive at Christmas. On the morning of the eviction, a hard knock on the door woke me up. The sheriff was there to do his job. I looked up by the sky, waiting for something to happen. My mother has no family to lean on, no money coming in. Why bother coming to school or getting good grades if I'm homeless? The bus stops in front of the school. I feel like throwing up. I'm wearing clothes from last year, some old shoes and no new haircut. I kept thinking I'd get laughed at. Instead, I'm greeted by a couple of friends who were in my English class last year. And it hits me, Mrs. Gerwell, my crazy English teacher from last year, is the only person that made me think of hope. Talking with friends about last year's English and our trips, I began to feel better. I received my schedule, and the first teacher is Mrs. Gerwell in room 203. I walk into the room and feel as though all the problems in life are not so important anymore. I am home. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, we were talking about the rescue mission, and I remember that April 2nd, 2015, when I felt much that way. You know, it was said about this clip, uh, in the class, he it gave his life hope and became a place of refuge for him. And that's exactly what the rescue mission was for me. You know, it gave me hope again for a life that had become pretty hopeless. You know, I was about to be evicted from where I was living, uh, and I walked into this room of people and uh, actually even too, as, as time went on, a familiar face or two would walk in that I would see that God brought in that maybe I'd run into somewhere else in life. And in uh, all that, not having a place to live, not knowing what direction your life was going to take, much like this young man, I found that hope. And I had a place that was a safe place to be, almost like sanctuary. So I can really identify with what this guy said, and I can identify with this fellowship of believers, like it's talked about in the in the early church in Acts, where Paul talked about a fellowship of believers just coming together and taking care of one another, as you talked about with the song. And to me, that's what community is supposed to be all about. And it is messy at times, but Lord, what a blessing it can be. And as I was listening to that clip, Jim, the thing that strikes me is the vulnerability vulnerability and the honesty of mm -hmm. this is what I'm really facing and this is yeah. what's really going on. And unfortunately, if you go into many Sunday school classes, 
when they come around and they say what's going on in your life. You don't hear that. I'm fine. And, 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 fine. And, yeah, I'm fine. Oh, yeah, I'm everything's fine. fine. <laughs> it's all going good. You know, I've got, I'm not facing anything, but only when we take the mask off, you know, does Kimasabi get a chance to see who you are? Because otherwise the mask is getting all the love. And, and the only person that, that gets a chance in there is when, when you take the mask off, all of a sudden there were a whole lot of people lining up that wanted to love on him. And we're, whether we know it or not, and we have all di very different experiences, but we all have that love available to us. Mm -hmm. It's through God, which he loves us through other people. And relationship is messy. Anybody has been married and doesn't say that's lying to you. But if we have those relationships, then we learn to trust. We learn to put someone else ahead of ourselves. We learn to know that somebody's got our back. Uh, many, many years ago, I was a police officer in Charleston. And you went into a shift and knew who was going to be out on the street with you. And there were some nights you were terrified because you knew that this person wouldn't show up. But there were those other officers that you put out a call that you needed help, and they were there. And that's a feeling that's just beyond description, really, when you have somebody that's got your back, and they're really willing to die for you. And, and that sense of team, we got to get to this other clip. Go yeah. ahead, Dennis. Go ahead. No, I, I'll share it in a moment. All right. Well, we do want to get to this last clip. We have from a, a movie called uh, When the Game Stands Tall, but to set this up a little bit, here's a, a team that has had some real setbacks. But now they find out kind of where team comes in. And, and as you listen to this clip, I wonder, if when do you feel this in your Christian experience? How does that, ex how does that play out? My brother was captain of the 2000 team. In four years, he never lost one game. When we blew the streak, I couldn't look him in the eye. I'm done with that. Everything we've been through since Coach Lett's heart attack was for a reason, to bring us together. I love you guys. I will die on that field before I let you down. I've been on this team four years. I've never once played a varsity football game. I mean, I'm not good enough. And that's okay. Because the greatest moments of my life were the times I've spent on this team with you guys. I've never been prouder of anything than being a Spartan. My old man's insane. My mom used to keep him in line, but he wore out. Once I made the team, I thought it'd be better. I became an animal. I hated him. Funny thing is, what, what saved me was being on this team. I used to play as hard as I could because I thought that would make him happy. And then I'd be happy. 
You guys love me whether I'm scoring touchdowns or not. I was missing that, and you guys gave it to me. I could never repay you for that. But come tomorrow, I don't play for him. I play for you. So, Dennis, when I, I listen to that, I you guys love me whether I score touchdowns or not. <laughs> yeah. And and that sense of, you know, I really, honestly, in my own life, have a sense of that when I'm at the boot camp, when we're sitting down praying and, and literally asking God into the community with us, that I sense that feeling like, like I'm really part of something that I've never been gladder to be a part of than in my entire life, and I get to do it as a Christian, Jim. Yeah. If we don't fall down, if we are scoring touchdowns every time, will we ever really know if we're loved because of who we are and whose we are or because we're good at scoring the touchdowns or doing whatever it is that people are seeing as successful so they want to be around us and robbie one of the first people i think about when i think about community and having that type of relationship is you i mean that's what i was thinking about a while ago that i wanted to say because you know we've seen each other through some good times and some really hard times uh when i've been a successful media executive when you've run car dealerships and we've seen each other when (laughs) everything was falling apart or you were falling out of a tree or something but um, I always know that I can talk to you and come to you, and you're always going to try to be uplifting. You're always going to love on me, and it doesn't matter what I've said or done. You just have that type of way of having relationship, and to me, that's community. It's an amazing pillar, and it's one that we're going to get to go deeper and deeper with those 12 and, and all sorts of, as, as the community moves on. But we would love for you to join us in order to do that. You can join us November 9th through the 12th. It's coming up. Go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Register, please. We'd so love to have you join us.